I'm in a room with basically all gay men and then like a few straight women that are like, I'm here to work out. So I'm purposely going to this gym because no one's going to hit on me. Mm -hmm. Smart women. I respect them. Welcome back to Drinks First, the podcast in which you can meet New York City's kind of eligible. I'm your host, Ariana Nathani, and stay tuned till the end of the episode if you're interested in matching with our guest. Today, we have a new addition to New York City, somewhat new. You've been in and out, but I think you've finally uh, settled here, which is exciting. And... I would love for you to introduce yourself. So if you could tell me how old you are, where you're from, where you're living now. Yeah. So uh, 26 years old and I am originally from California, from Silicon Valley. And now I'm living in the West Village. Nice. Where did you go to school and what do you do for work? (laughs) So I went to school in the South. I went to the University of South Carolina. Uh, studied journalism. Clearly that did not go into my current career because I work in tech. <laughs> I feel like all roads lead to tech at some point. Like <laughs> I mean, if you're trying yeah. to like make money and not work 80 hour work weeks, I feel like all roads <laughs> lead to tech. I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> yeah, definitely was not trying to work those 80 hour work weeks if I didn't have to, but I'm loving it. So You just moved to the West Village, but you've had some experience in New York before, and you're working in tech. Like, is your job what brought you to New York? What brought you to New York? Yeah, so uh, you touched on me living in New York prior. I was here from about June to December and was planning on making the permanent move with the last tech company I was with, and then they were going back into office. And that was ironic given the tech company I worked for at the time. But when they said that was the case, I went back to California for a hot minute and regrouped and found the new job over here. And it is in-person, hybrid work environment, and it's in the city. So I was very excited about that. And I wanted to make sure that I kind of had a reason to plant myself in New York. What kind of drew you here? What's the reason that New York was the place that you wanted to be? So one of my closest friends lives in New York and I had visited her a few times and I fell in love with the city. And I I would say that it's one of the few places in the world that I have always felt like myself and I've always been happy. And I had a conversation with another friend uh, at one point where it was like the people that are built for New York and the people that aren't. And it's like, if you have a bad day in New York and you say, I hate New York, it's not the place for you. I've had really terrible days living in New York and I have never ever in my mind been like, I hate New York. Like I, I love being here more than anything in the world. So I would, I would, I don't think I would ever move back to California at this point. I love that. I think that's a really good way to describe it. Well, one question I ask everybody, and I know you're relatively new, but you, you know, the lay of the land a bit. Where do you like to go out and where do you like to eat? Oh gosh, I f- hate that question in so many ways just because I how often do I spend time on Postmates or on Resi trying to figure out where to eat? Um, but where do I normally go out? Um, I guess I'm basic because I go to Acme a lot. I probably need more guy friends for that reason. And I would say, where do I like to eat? Big fan of American Bar. Joseph Leonard is great for a brunch. Il Cantonori is a big time favorite. I a big Italian food guy. Il Cantonori is right by where I live and I've actually never been. Oh my god, you need to. It's so good. 
Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll yes. like make a note to definitely go. But we are here now because we're here to talk about your dating life. So obviously you're single, but you've been in and out of New York. You were traveling. Tell me, have you been single like for a while now or what has your relationship history sort of looked like? I think I've had maybe one serious relationship in my life and that never, that didn't really end well. So I've been weary kind of about getting back in relationships. I've definitely dated, but I have not had a real relationship probably in maybe six, seven years. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if that's a red flag for anybody, but. I've enjoyed getting to know people and and learning about New York through other people. And I think the more people that you meet or the more experiences that you have, I always think is a beautiful thing. And I like to meet everybody and learn from them. Totally. So you said that you have been in one serious relationship, but you've dated. What do you think that line is between like dating somebody and being in a relationship with them? I think it's a conversation. I think it has to say, especially so being a gay man, I feel like it is a conversation of saying, hey, we're going to, well, you have the conversation of, are we going to be monogamous? Are we going to have an open relationship? How is it going to work? And then what is our commitment level? And mm. a lot of times when you have that conversation, it, <laughs> people are running away. <laughs> They're like, I don't, I'm not, I, you know, this was fun. I told you I was only interested in fun. And then you're like, oh, well then why did I meet your parents? So Sounds like you're talking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, possibly. Well, what have you learned dating in the past like six, seven years? I need to know. <laughs> what have I learned? Um, oh gosh, I don't know what I've learned. I feel like I'm such a novice in dating. I, I really do. I think that I have gone on a lot of dates. I just think that I'm also somebody that I, when I start dating somebody, I really do start thinking like a few years down the line, mm-hmm. which is maybe not a great way to be doing things. And maybe I should be living in the moment more. But I do kind of think like, oh, how are you going to mesh with my family? Oh, my brother's a real dick. Are you going to enjoy him? <laughs> it's like all that kind of stuff. No, I love my brother. Sorry, that was so rude to say. <laughs> but I do think about that stuff. And I think that sometimes that could just be like internal sabotage, which is not great. But and I'm learning now to live in the moment, which I think has been good in all aspects of life, not just dating, is just really not thinking too many steps ahead. Do you think that you do that? because you're sort of like tempering your expectations because I feel like we're fed this narrative very often that it's like oh like be hands off be chill like just take things as they come and you know I try and abide by that as well but at the same time it's like it's all right to have expectations and wants for a partner and somebody you're investing time into so it's like at what point are you kind of giving that up to just be like, okay, I'm like in the moment and I'm just like doing this to do this. I agree with that completely. I think that you should have expectations for your partner. I think it's important because I don't understand why you would get into a relationship with somebody if you didn't have expectations of what your life would be like together on any kind of level. And then also getting in a relationship with somebody and seeing what their capacity is for greatness and not rooting them on the entire way. I I wouldn't get into a relationship unless I saw extreme potential in somebody and I thought that they were brilliant in some kind of manner. So I think it's important to have expectations. Mm. But I think that probably what is the deterrent from getting into a relationship, and this is probably the same with a lot of people, is the idea of getting hurt. Yeah. I think when you do have that really bad relationship, like I mentioned, you are just so weary of 
having that cycle of hurt go on again. You're just like, oh, it was terrible. I don't want to do it again. But you realize also that's a growing situation is, is when you go through that, you have the opportunity to grow and then get into these relationships. I envy the people that go into relationships and have serious relationships and have the hurt and then can do it again and again. I, I like, I want to be that kind of person. I have a close friend who has been in so many serious relationships and I just like, how do you do it? I wish I could do that. Yeah. I serial monogamy is kind of beyond me. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know how people are like, I, I understand the want to be in a partnership like at all times, but then at the same time, I'm like, how do you even find somebody that you're like willing to invest your time in like, that many times? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't want somebody like around me that much, though, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I have to work in the morning. I, like, I don't want to spend all night talking sometimes. I mean, which is probably a terrible thing to say, but it, I like yeah, We all have different attachment time. styles. It's like, you don't have to be this like anxious attached like person who needs to be around someone all the time yeah (laughs) I want to hear a little bit about your first relationship because you're like alluding to it Uh, (laughs) your like face it's a I'm getting I'm getting a cringe face I mean it's been six or seven years right so tell me a little bit about your like first and only relationship I'll just touch on it because when I say it was bad it's like I don't even want to give him the time of day like Mm -hmm. I don't want to even give him the credit that I'm talking about him it just it was a situation where I brought him into my family and everything and it went so bad like I got a text one time I was with my friends and I was in California at the time and it was maybe like one in the morning in California and I got a text like basically saying I hate you and this was months after the relationship like I hate you for the way that this all ended and it didn't really end in a bad way i went to study abroad and i was like i think we should break up while i'm abroad because i'm not going to see you for months Mm -hmm. and when i was getting that text at one in the morning i was like it's four in the morning in south carolina so i don't know what you're doing right now but it's aggressive that you're thinking of me at this time and so now reflecting all that i was like this was a toxic relationship in so many ways that i mad that i got myself involved in i mean it was your first relationship so i think it's probably your probably we're just navigating it in in a completely new way you can't always hindsight is 2020 like obviously yeah you look back on things you're like oh shit yeah that was toxic but yeah in the moment sometimes it's not as easy to tell so true unless it was unless it no, was i don't know it, it wasn't easy to tell because i was living in south carolina right after moving from california and me living in California and I so I went to an all boys Catholic school and conservative background but for the most part it was so liberal in so many ways even being at that California school like people weren't super judgmental about me being gay it was it it was very healthy environment that I lived in and I naively thought that environment was going to exist in South Carolina Mm. so I like was out and then immediately going back into the closet when I got over there and it, it it was like a new growing pain of trying to find myself again. I think it stunted my my emotional maturity and it probably stunted just my general maturity. And I think that I probably at that point in my life just so wanted to be in a relationship that I, I, I got myself into a relationship. Mm. And I think that is not the way to do it. I think I've learned my lesson there for sure. How early on were you out like in California? So I was outed actually. 
Um, senior year yeah so senior year of high school I was outed and it was like two weeks before graduation and we were at um, the after party of one of the proms I went with one of my good friends she went to the sister school of the all boys school I went to I was her date we went to the after party and everything and some people asked me like hey like we've known you for really long time like just like I mean it was an after party like we were drinking so yeah everybody's like just saying like let's be honest they're like so are you gay I was like yeah I am but like if we can just like let it last two weeks I just want to get through graduation and then I want to like start life fresh and like on my own terms I didn't get that so (laughs) like Monday came around and people were like uh so everybody's talking about you being gay I was like all right great now I've got to tell my dad I've got to tell all of my friends, I've got to tell everybody. And it was like, not the best situation. So to that girl that did that, I will never forget. <laughs> oh, that's so awful. I mean, I guess eventually it had to happen. But that's probably not the way that you wanted it to go down. I would have loved it on my terms. But you know, it in hindsight, it's like, it didn't end anything in my life. It wasn't a bad thing. It was uncomfortable and it was not on my terms, but I grew from it. How did your parents sort of take it? Um, Okay. So funny story before I moved back over to New York, I was, so I was in California and (laughs) my mom uh, was like, all right, let's, let's watch some TV. Let's let's have a glass of wine. And she just looks at me. She's like, I knew you were gay when I gave birth to you. (laughs) And I was like, what? are you saying right now she said god told me i was like that is bs that is not true what (laughs) i I was like did i go out my hand was like crooked like what are you talking about that's so nonsense but uh so she loves the whole concept she is happy to have a gay child she she loves the concept she loves the concept But no, she she really does love it. She has always been an ally. So she was all for it. I mean, obviously, it's like any parent. It's like, oh, you find out and it's like, oh, well, this is not what I was anticipating, but let me get used to it. And she bounced back really well. My dad, we're working on it. I, don't, I think that he's supportive in so many ways. And I think he's a great father. I think that he doesn't understand it. And that's the hard thing to figure out like there's things I don't understand but I'm not gonna just like not be supportive but <laughs> he so we're working on that but he's still a great dad I just would say that we're we're working on that one. Mm-hmm. he would never be outwardly rude to a guy if I brought a guy home or anything right. he would never do anything like that but he definitely needs to still wrap his mind around it which he should because he has a gay brother and a gay sister and he's one of eight children so I'm like dad wrap your head around this one wow really (laughs) you said that you came from like somewhat of conservative background was that kind of on your dad's side or definitely my dad's side my mom is like like seventh generation from San Francisco so like as liberal as you can get Mm -hmm. and then my dad is from a small rural town in Oregon so it's like two totally different backgrounds and he how did they meet they met uh okay funny story actually so my dad had just finished playing basketball in Italy he was a professional basketball player out there wow and he came back to the U.S. and they went to the same college but they're I don't know how many years apart they are. I don't know my mom's age. So <laughs> she doesn't let us know. <laughs> but, I'm like, I need your mom on this podcast. She is, she sounds like an absolute riot. 
she's a gem. But uh, I don't know their age gap. They definitely were not in school at the same time. And uh, she and her roommate were going uh, over to a party. And I think it was like a pregame at the apartment that my dad was at right now at that time. He had just moved back from Italy. And my mom tells the story. And she's like, he had just moved back from Italy. And he was wearing this short little robe. And he was ironing his pants. And I turned to my friend. I was like, that's the last time you're ever going to see him single. <laughs> and, then, and then she she did it. I'm like, somebody is speaking through your mom. She seems to know everything before everyone else does. Right? I know. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, hey, there's there's hope. You might meet your husband at a pregame. I know, isn't that funny? <laughs> I never even thought of it that way before. <laughs> I'm like, all right, next time I go into my next pregame, I'm going to be like, oh, so my husband could be here. Exactly. You never know. You never know. Well, do you think your parents have had, they seem like an eclectic <laughs> family. Do you feel like your family has had any influence in like the kinds of like relationships you've had? I think that my parents are a fantastic example of the relationship I would want to have. Mm. They are so different, but the love that they have for each other outweighs any of their disagreements politically, socially, anything. Like the love that they have for each other and for their family is what I want in my life. Mm. And I think it's so important that they are different because it kind of speaks to the point that we were talking about earlier is that when you see somebody and you see the potential that they have for greatness and you want to push them to it, it I, they saw that in each other. My mom supported my dad as he built up his business throughout the years and raised a family and did everything. And then I was the last one to leave to college and her mom passed. And then she was like, I'm an empty nester. I really have nothing right now. And she was asked if she wanted to join in uh, a real estate company. And she was like, I've got nothing else. Sure. And now in the, this part of life, it's like my dad is supporting her as she has ventured into a career in her 60-somethings. And so it's like that's, that is ideally what I would like to have in my life is like I would love to argue with somebody but then know that the love exists there. Mm. Do you, have you dated anybody who is like extremely different from you? I don't know, really. I think maybe that first relationship, maybe. But I think that I, in general, I'm an easygoing person. So even if there's like a disagreement or we see sides differently, I don't really think about it too deeply because I like to think about the person that's in front of me. And I like to think about your characteristics and your character. And like, are you a good person? Then that's more important to me than if if we disagreed about a tax bill that went out. (laughs) Well, then I'll ask you this question. Have you dated anybody who's very similar to you? Oh, my gosh. Have I dated anybody that's really similar to me? I feel like I have. Yeah. In what way? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like every gay has dated somebody that looks exactly like them at some point. (laughs) Really? Please expand. (laughs) Have you not seen those memes where it's like, are they brothers or are they partners? No, literally, yes. But like, please tell our listeners who might not. Might not be so on on that side of TikTok and Instagram. I mean, I think that there was definitely a time when I, yeah, I totally dated some. Okay, so my sister said it. She was like, "You realize you're dating like the knockoff version of you, right?" Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, that's so rude, but so true." He is also blonde and has 
thick eyebrows and is Italian. Um, but yeah, so I definitely have dated some, some I mean, looks wise, dated somebody similar. I think that characteristics and personality wise, no, because I don't know, maybe I'm just a narcissist and I think that I'm so unique, but I'm probably not. And I'm super basic. We don't know. <laughs> Do you feel like, because you alluded to obviously like these memes of people, uh, you know, dating people who look like them in the gay community. Do you think that there are like specific pressures around image when it comes to like dating in the gay community? Yes. Entering the gay community. It's like, if you've ever been to the Equinox in Greenwich Village, it's like, I walked in there once and I was like, are you kidding me? Am I the <laughs> ugliest person that's ever existed to walk in here? <laughs> so I it's like, need it's- to know what happens at Equinox. No, I need you to know. Don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> I need, need to know. <laughs> like, okay, so I was a member, my parents were very similar. I was a member of Equinox when I was 13 years old. So, but I lived on the Upper West Side. So I was going to the Upper West Side Equinox at the ripe age of 12, 13 years old doing Zumba with all the other moms. Like, I love it. That did like very different things for my self-esteem and body issues that we won't get into. But like, I feel like every Equinox has like a different personality. And obviously like the Upper West Side one is probably going to be one of the least offensive ones. Just a lot of like, old Jewish people pretty much (laughs) like the one on the upper east side me and my friends we were like sitting and eating Thai food at Thep which is this Thai restaurant we were sitting like in the kind of outdoor area so we could see all these people walking past us and we're on the upper east side and we're watching like the hottest guys walk past us and all three of us are so confused because we grew up on the upper east side and we're like who are these like young hot guys that we have never like seen in this neighborhood before? Like what in the world is happening? Like it was like, di- it was like lunch and a show. Like we were, we were in awe and we were like, what is going on? And I like this like attractive guy, like is like walking down the sidewalk and we're like sitting in the like outdoor seating area. And I like, my, my friend was like, oh, look at that one. Like, uh, like he's attractive. And I like caught eyes with him and he looks at me and I look at him and he starts waving. And I'm like, my, my friend's like, why is he waving? Like, who is he waving at? Like, is he waving at someone inside? And I was like, I like took a second. I was like, no, he's waving at me. And I see him like walk around and into the restaurant, like into the outdoor portion and he's like, hey, like gives me a hug. And I was like, oh my God, I have gone on a date with this guy. Like, <laughs> and just I just took him to get two feet in front of your face for you to remember. I, it just like, I hadn't seen him in months because like I like moved and nothing ended badly. We just like hadn't, we hadn't continued talking because I like left to go to Barcelona um for like even longer than I anticipated and it just kind of fell off like it wasn't anything bad like we went on like two dates and (laughs) I and he was like pretty attractive and he was like oh sorry I'm like so sweaty uh I'm just coming back from the gym and I look around and I'm like oh my god Equinox is right next to where we're eating that's why there's so many young hot guys like on a Sunday afternoon, we're sitting here eating Thai food. Like, 
watching all of the like young guys of the Upper East Side go to Equinox. I was like, wow, all of that clicks. Um, so I, I need to know, cause now you're like in West village, like, I know, and I'm not going to go to the Greenwich, uh, Equinox anymore. The one on Greenwich Avenue. I, sorry to anybody that is hearing this, but no, that place is so cruisy and <laughs> just like overcrowded and it's uncomfortable. I will, I'll go to printing house or something else, but I'm not going back there. At least get the pool. Exactly. I mean, ugh. Yeah, don't even get me started on the pool. I paid for that membership and I haven't gone to the pool once. It's so stupid. I Well, now it's pool weather, so. That's true. This is true. Okay, but I need to know now. What? Because you just described it as cruisy. And I. Oh, my God. I'm embarrassing myself so much. For my listeners who don't know what that is. Tell tell us what happens at the Equinox. Oh my god, mom and dad, please don't listen to this. This Um, this is anonymous. This is anonymous. You're fine. uh, No, but it's like, it really, it's cruisy. There's like, actually, it's funny. A friend of mine texted me last night and was like, oh, my gym crush asked me out over at Equinox. I was like, oh, that's nice. He was like, yeah, like, I don't know if it was because I was wearing these booty shorts or what, but it's like, I've worn them like seven times and he's seen me and he finally asked me today. And I'm like, so that was like kind of the epitome. But if you like go through Equinox, it's like in general, like the gyms that I was going to in California, it was like a lot of guys and a lot of girls, but it was a lot of straight guys and girls. So it's like my focus was literally just like working out. And then now I'm like, I'm in a room with basically all gay men and then like a few straight women that are like I'm here to work out so I'm purposely going to this gym because no one's gonna hit on me Mm -hmm. smart women I respect them but so I'm just like I am just kind of like looking around like well that's a good looking guy that's a good looking guy I can't bench that much and and then you just kind of like realize everybody's making eye contact with each other and you're like are the lights about to go down like what is happening it can really just get weird. And then I'm like, I'm not going in the steam room. I, I've heard the stories about the steam room. I'm not going over there. <laughs> I've heard stories about the steam room. And I'm like, is it only specific to the Greenwich, like Equinox steam room? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not really trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to lose a membership. <laughs> I need to work out somewhere. They have to know. They gotta know. Okay, no, they do. And this is actually funny, which I noticed the other day. So I work in Bryant Park. And so I will work out sometimes at the location over there. And then sometimes over the one over here, because it's closer to my house or my apartment. And the one at Bryant Park, there's literally a placard on top of like the, the door for the steam room. That's basically like saying any sexual conduct is is going to result in you losing your membership. That placard is not at the one in Greenwich. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that placard is on almost every other Equinox store. It is not at the one on Greenwich Avenue. I'm in, I'm in awe. I'm. <laughs> they, they know people are paying for that membership for one thing and one thing only, and that is to. Oh, yeah. It's like grinder in person. Oh my god! I know it really is. It's terrible. <laughs> but I it's need to go like... to Temple now. <laughs> It's also like the hottest guys, probably like the the hottest gays in New York are probably at the Greenwich Equinox. I was never more intimidated in my life than going there like Pride Weekend. I was like, I just want to get my cardio in. And then I was like, oh, I feel terrible about myself right now. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and it, this is such like a specific to New York thing, just because I'm sure <laughs> mo- like a lot of people know what Equinox is. They understand the like... <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever met anyone at Equinox? 
people have asked me for my number. The weirdest one was a guy at Greenwich asked me for my number. He was like, where do you live? I told him where he was like, oh, I live on the Upper East Side. I was like, why the hell are you coming down here? You know, <laughs> you know, why I he know was why, down but there. still, I'm like, I'm not getting on a subway to go to the gym. I mean, if you're looking, if you're to be, to be very frank, I obviously am not a member of Equinox anymore. And I don't really enjoy going to the gym. I like would prefer to work out at home especially like doing workout classes at home and stuff. I don't know. I just don't like being watched. And Equinox is kind of a spectacle. doesn't matter if you're on the Upper East Side, Upper West Side, Greenwich, Printing House, Hudson Yards. Like, I, I don't know. I just like always, I know people are like, nobody cares. Like when you work out, everybody just focuses on themselves. But I don't feel like that's true at equinox (laughs) it's the most indiscreet people watching in the world (laughs) yeah like equinox was trying to become like the next Soho house they like created a members club clearly they know they have some sort of social capital happening with all of their locations and the clientele they attract yeah i don't know it kind of it kind of freaks me out i don't know what like the proper etiquette is in a gym to like approach somebody because like i haven't worked out in a gym in forever (laughs) is it creepy like are you creeped out when somebody comes up to you have you ever gone up to anyone i have never personally gone up to anybody i'm also like an awkward turtle so that's like not happening i'm not gonna just be like hey nice bicep curl like what do you say (laughs) yeah exactly like Like, what do you like (laughs) like how creepy would it be if i just went up behind somebody when they were squatting and just be like wow you got really deep there like that like no that's not i wouldn't want to go to dinner with somebody that said that to me right so i i don't know i people have come up to me in the locker room people have come up to me while working out and i think every time it's been creepy for the most part just because of where it is like i feel like if it was literally like if it was one of the gyms anywhere else if it was any other location i probably wouldn't care that one i'm like i feel like i know where this is leading and i don't want to leave there (laughs) i'm just thinking about like even for men approaching women like where it would even feel somewhat comfortable because already i know i know like I have girlfriends who will go to the gym and wear like completely oversized clothes because they don't want to be objectified like when they work out. And so I'm just trying to think like if you are somebody who is interested in meeting someone at their gym, like how do you do that? I would say maybe like when they get a break for water or like a towel, maybe that's like an appropriate time. I think that's a good one. I think if you seriously want to meet somebody – at the gym. If you've gone to the gym, you've seen somebody and you're like, I think that there's somebody that I want to meet. I think that the way to do it is time your exit for the same time as their exit. So like, say your workout was like, say you really only worked out for like 15 minutes, but you realize they were leaving. If you were really just like, I want to meet them, be like, all right, whatever, I'm going to leave now I'll do the other workout later. But like, I feel like if you're in the exit situation, yeah. it's a lot less creepy, especially if it's like a gym that has a smoothie bar or anything like that and you just can like kind of be like have like if you can create a meet cute mm. that's really what i would suggest for anybody there's not like nobody wants the story of how did you meet to just sound skeevy you want In that the story to just, steam room like yeah like you want your story to be like oh we were in line for a smoothie and he he was so nice he offered to pay for mine mm-hmm. like that's a cute story that people want to hear yeah. Or that you even want to have for yourself. I feel like some people do want to have like a cute story for themselves. I think life. most people do. That that's even yeah. like I believe that I don't know how much in the gay community, but there definitely still is somewhat of a stigma 
uh, in the straight community about meeting online. Like just having some shame around it. Like I have friends who've met their significant others online and they still feel weird about it. And I'm like, don't feel weird about it. The majority of relationships meet online now. But I think that sort of mode of meeting people was maybe even like even more so ushered in by the queer community because for people thinking back even pre-dating apps like people to have met I'm sure they were meeting in like forums and reddit tumblr like whatever especially queer people to kind of find you know people that they could relate to so I I think like the stigma of maybe meeting people online for the queer community is probably not as strong like I feel like people are totally more open of being like yeah, we met on Grinder. Yeah, I think that that exists, but I've definitely like gone on dates with people before and they were like, so what's our story going to be on how we met? I'm like, mm. we matched on Tinder. They're like, no, that's not a good story. I'm like, well, that's what happened. Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> I actually, had, yeah. I had a friend who met her, like met her now ex-fiance on Hinge, like seven, eight years ago. They dated that entire time. And- off the bat she had told her parents that they like met on the street because she was too ashamed to say hinge because it was like also when hinge was kind of new yeah that's fair and then she had to stick to that story even until they were engaged the the engagement didn't pan out but like there were half the people she knew who she like met when she was comfortable to be like oh yeah we met on hinge and, like, her entire family thought they met on the street. That's, like, see, that's weird to me because it's, like, why would you want to start your relationship with, with relationship a lie? With, yeah, with dishonesty. That Like, I feel like that would just make you more willing to lie about other stuff. Maybe that's just me. I think that honesty is a virtue that I look for in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to lie about it. Like, if I really cared about somebody and, shoot, say we met on grinder at 1am which is not going to happen because i don't really do that but it's like even if that was the case i would just be like hey that's like legitimately what happened but i'm in love with you so i don't care yeah like the story doesn't matter yeah like that's really yeah i the dishonesty stuff that would drive me insane yeah especially seven years of telling that story it's like wouldn't you get tired of it and then just be like all right so this is really what happened yeah exactly i'm i would i definitely would you don't really, you just said like you wouldn't really be like 1am on Grinder. So how do you, how have you met people in New York? Um, Hinge, Tinder, apparently the gym and Instagram, weirdly enough. But like, since then I've made my profile private because just like because of work and then because people can be aggressive on social media. I think that the keyboard situation like if people are hidden behind a keyboard, they feel really brave to say stuff that you're like, you wouldn't have said that in person. Mm. So I've made an effort now that I would like to move maybe away from the apps, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's the reality of what dating is right now. So maybe that's not fair. Yeah, I know. I feel like even what you said, like everybody wants a good meet cute. So like people don't really yeah. want to meet online. And I mean, that's, that's why I'm, I like do drinks first, right? It's like a totally different way to like meet people because we're so tired of like what exists currently, but you know, you've been in New York before and now you're like settling down here again. Maybe like, do you have an idea of what you're looking for? Are you still just trying to like date and kind of learn more about the city and yourself? 
I am trying to learn more about myself and the city and continue that emotional maturity and the growth there. But I think that that doesn't mean that I can't do that with somebody. Mm. And I would like to explore the city with somebody and explore love with somebody and explore growing up with somebody. I'm 26 years old and I haven't really had a great relationship before and I would like to to have a love in my life. So I, I'm definitely open to all of that, to the capacity of what it would be. It would, I think it would just depend on who it is. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm learning now that I have spent so much of my life believing that relationships exist in a specific template. And that's not really the case. So I, I'm exploring the idea of what relationships really are. Because it's like I straight relationship. It's like you're monogamous, you're together, and all of that. And then I know people that are in relation, open relationships that are so happy. I don't know personally if I could. I probably am a jealous person. I probably shouldn't do any of that. But I, I, I would be... I would want to learn about it in some capacity, whether yeah. it be my own or just talking to other people. And I... If not that, then if if I was dating somebody and they were so anti against the entire situation, then I would be like, all right, then no, that's off the table. Yeah. I respect you and I want the relationship to work. So I don't know. I'm I'm literally open to all opportunities right now as long as I, there's a strong connection with somebody. Yeah, I think in a, a lot of the past few episodes that I've done this season, I've talked a lot about relationship structure and monogamy and even for, you know, quote unquote, straight people, how... I see more often like there being ethically non-monogamous relationships. Like I've just seen those terms pop up more in the last two years than I have like, uh, than I have ever before. And I think, I kind of think there's some rite of passage for people to figure out if monogamy is the right kind of relationship structure for them. Because I don't think it was always so openly discussed as an option And maybe, you know, our divorce rates could be lower if we had different relationship structures that were accepted by the masses. Yeah. And I think like it is important for people who are dating to experience what it might be like to be in a different kind of relationship structure. So I think that's really like great that you are open to it, but you also kind of know how you feel. Like once you're in that situation, you have more clarity, but it's like, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this isn't for me. Like this isn't yeah. what I envisioned. At least I <laughs> if tried I it. To, yeah. If I went to a party and I was like uncomfortable with like seeing you grinding up on somebody, then I'd be like, all right, probably can't go for an open relationship if I can't see you dancing with somebody. But like, yeah, I think that you're right. It's something that try it at this age, at some capacity. I don't know. Yeah. I, what do I know about relationships? That's why I'm on your podcast. <laughs> I don't know anything about relationships. Well, I want to hear a little bit more about like your dating stories. Like who what kinds of people do you date? What kind of stories have you had? I'm sure as like a gay man in New York, you have <laughs> had some pretty crazy experiences. Oh my gosh. I I love interesting people. I love smart people. Mm-hmm. I like there is nothing more attractive to me than somebody that is smart and is passionate about what they do because people that are passionate about what they do. I mean, I think that success is measured in so many ways but i when you're passionate about what you do you're you're actually like making those dreams come to fruition which i think is beautiful i think that it's fantastic to be ambitious but if you're not doing anything to make those ambitions come to life then it's it's not really something that i have time for because i i also have my own ambitions that i want to create so a lot of my dates have been with 
people that I think are really smart. And I'm trying to think of any of the dates that I went on that are even worth noting. One of the best dates that I ever went on in New York was actually, it was like a Tinder match that went to just like, it was super casual to where it was like, it was going to be a hookup. And we ended up like hooking up. And then it was like, he was like, do you want to go to dinner? I was like, yeah, I was not expecting at all that it was mm-hmm. going to be like, let's grab dinner afterwards. I was, <laughs> but, and then we went to dinner and we spent four hours at Il Cantonori <laughs> and just like having a fantastic time drinking wine, talking about like really deep stuff. And that's the kind of date that I love. I, I want open conversation and when people are honest in that level it's beautiful and you learn so much about people i think if you can be open and honest kind of just meeting somebody it it takes down that wall of fear that you're going to get hurt Mm. and then both people are kind of willing to jump in and then if not then go on a second date but (laughs) well what ended up happening there we dated on and off for a while um we're still friends but i don't think that it would ever be anything more than that Mm -hmm. I think that it's like two different spots in life like when I say I like to date people that are ambitious this was something that was already very successful and I'm like I'm still trying to get there so you've accomplished what you need to accomplish I need to accomplish what I need to accomplish now our Mm -hmm. lives are in two different spots have you had like a worst date in New York oh my god worst date in New York I have to so I have a rule if a date is terrible especially a first date I because normally I'll kind of just like go Dutch on the bill and just Mm -hmm. split 50 50 but if a date is so terrible, I will grab that check as fast as possible and pay it. And I'm like, I'm never seeing you again. And there's no reason for you ever to talk to me again. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to be like, well, I bought dinner. Like, no, I bought dinner. I don't yeah. want to hear from you. Oh, God. There was a date that I went on where somebody called the waiter like a, a, sl- a Mexican slur. It was what? real bad. Ugh. Yeah, it was real bad. And I was just like horrified. I was Like to his face? Horrified. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, I feel like I was. Oh, oh no, I was mortified. And I was like, you can't say that at all. And I got up, walked away, gave my credit card to the hostess was like, just pay for everything. Now I am out of here. Yeah, I feel like people when people talk about red flags, like then one of the number one things is to like, be kind to like your waiter on a date, like, or like, if you're rude to a waiter, it's a red flag. Like, that yeah. is extreme. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't be outwardly racist. Yeah. Oh, my That's God. That's kind of like a... <laughs> That's terrifying. Now that summer's coming up, like, are you looking to get into any of the, like, gay scene in New York? Because it's, like, it's not like Acme is necessarily that. Like, you have Pride coming true. up. Oh, but it's not, not necessarily true. true. Fun fact about Acme. One of the last times I went there, I was with, I was with all straight people, shocker. And, like, my friend's parents were there, too. And <laughs> we were having a great old time. And then I turned around, and there was this guy that had DM'd me on Instagram. And he was like, hey, what's up? And then he grabbed my face and kissed me. I was like, I, no, I in front of parents right now get away from me oh my god I wonder how he found you on Instagram I don't know I think it was back when my profile was public but either way it was like I'm acne you never know what you're gonna find there apparently (laughs) they have gay nights is what I heard recently Mm, actually oh I think that's true but 
like you have pride coming up you have yeah. fire island coming up like yes. is that something you would like want to get into now that you're here i would i've been to fire island once i thought it was really great i thought it was a beautiful place i would totally go back i have a funny story about fire island that i can share with you yeah <laughs> but, i want to um, hear it no not about well okay so it's not about me once again bringing mom back into this one uh, <laughs> no but so my dad has the older brother that's gay mm. and he really is like a saint and he was living through the AIDS pandemic and everything. Like he has, he's in his seventies. So he's lived a full life and a life that has seen gay discrimination. And uh, he was on a hike with my mom. I like was on the phone with her and it was like right after I had gone to fire Island. And so I was like, Oh, have you ever gone to fire Island before? And he was like, Oh yeah, I went once. It was great. And then I said, Oh, do you ever go to the meet? it's like the meat hook i think is what it's called which is apparently just like an outdoor place where people hook up and in fire like, island I, yeah at fire island i could totally have the name wrong so anybody that actually knows anything i'm sorry if that's wrong but so i was like saying it like that he just got so bashful with my mom on the phone he was like i just i i don't i don't know what that maybe i don't know if that bar was there when i was there and i was <laughs> just I'm laughing the whole time and my mom like I think at this point had an idea of what that conversation was and she was like oh Vic that just must be where all the boys go and just flex their muscles for each other and I'm just like who am I on the phone with who are you (laughs) so maybe maybe something you need to figure out for yourself this summer (laughs) maybe maybe not I will probably go to Fire Island I think it'd be fun I like a day trip I like to go to a beach um Mm -hmm. Pride I will do Pride again last year was my first New York Pride so we'll go again um (laughs) what was that I it wasn't it wasn't great I like was dating a guy at the time and we went together and like it was my first gay pride and it was like mm-hmm. so it was a lot for me to like take in and it's new york pride which is massive yeah and so it was like two of these big parties that we went to and like he had his back to me like 90 percent of the time and i was uh... like why am i here because he's like going and talking to everybody else and then i was like why am i here you're literally ignoring me and i am like i like i am like a, a two-year-old that just got thrown in a pool with floaties on like i need help like <laughs> Give me help. Yeah. But uh, so I'm going to try that again with a group of friends and then really like do it right. But I'm down for all that. Otherwise, I don't know what else is left besides Pride and Fire Island. You're more than welcome to come over here during the Pride Parade. I am literally on the route. Oh, my God. Yes, that would be so fun. (laughs) You should definitely do that. I actually for Pride last year, I like where did I, I got off of a plane from Miami in the morning And I literally like rolled myself to this pride party that my friend was holding at his apartment in the West Village. And he had like penis pinatas and like (laughs) poppers on the table. Like like, truly like to its core, like the kitschy, amazing pride party. It was so much fun and like right near the parade as well. So like you're perfectly situated. Yeah, that it'll be it'll be a blast. It's it's fun to do pride with your friends but I think to a certain degree like if you're around people who are not queer like at a certain point they just need to like me like just need to know like when it's time to leave like it's not like a party for straight people like it's a celebration for uh you know our friends and being an ally and like all of those things and there's lots of celebrations happening and there's no shame and like you know, non-queer people like partaking in all of that. But at the same time, it is like a space 
for LGBT close people. So it's like, let's not make a spectacle of it. Like, I don't know. There's like a thin <laughs> line as like a straight person that you can like kind of walk on when it comes to like being a part of pride. But I mean, you know, like I have tons of friends. Most of my friends are like queer. So it's <laughs> just like something to have always been a part of even when I was a kid. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like there's a lot of stuff that you, New York is probably one of the best places in the world to be a gay man. I'm sure San Francisco, also one of those places. There's so much opportunity in like meeting people and being yourself and like growing as a person, I would imagine just for anyone in any regard. But like it is a, to some degree a safer space, I guess. I agree with that completely. Yeah, I like I'm no authority on anything, but I'm just from what I've observed. I'm like, I'm curious based on like the people that you have dated now in the past being in New York. Sounds like you have a type in terms of like somebody who is successful or has ambition. And like, that's something that's really important to you. Like, how do you kind of find those people? Oh, gosh, how do I find it? I've done the dating apps. I've done all of them. I think social media is kind of where I've gone to as of late because I I like to see if we have mutual friends because if we do, then I it's my own little way of just like, hey, do you know this guy? Like, what's the deal? Like, are they a kind person? Mm. At this point, I would say that I'm like forgetting everything else that I've ever been interested in dating because clearly it's not worked. And I would, I'm like, are you a kind person? Are you a nice person is really what I want. What were you looking for before if it wasn't that? I mean, no, I, you know, I probably really was looking for douchebags. I probably was. I, I like, if we're going to be honest, it's like I was living in a time where it was like tech bro society in California. And I probably thought that was so normal for guys just be these douchebags. And I probably just thought that was okay. And now I'm like, that's not for me like, at all. Yeah, I think even even as like a straight woman who wants to be with like somebody who is successful and like ambitious and passionate about what they do and like pushes them to be a better person. Like I think most people would want those qualities in somebody. It's like as in New York, it's like you're teetering a line between finding that person and having that person be an absolute asshole who's yes. like completely self-absorbed. Yes. status driven and like you know has the ability to like kind of do whatever they want whenever they want I don't know it's just like I think that character really exists in New York and so it's like how do you find somebody who like is those things but also is like a decent human being (laughs) yes strongly veering away from that now I am not going near that person more but I actually think to find people that are probably on the same path as you it's like where are places that you really enjoy they're probably going to those same places yeah so i mean if i mean i enjoy acne which is probably just me being an idiot but i love it um so it's like if i met somebody there maybe i get along with them maybe they're a terrible human being i love going to honestly if i met somebody in central park that would be like the greatest thing ever because every single sunday i go for a walk in the park and so that would be like the ideal situation but and it's like it's people that are running and training for the marathon so it's like that's ambition to me right there that's like perfect i know i think it's everybody wants their like organic meat cute it's just like it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the chances of it happening are very slim but also you can be the one who makes it happen like you yeah. can always be the one who's like 
if you see an opportunity to like go and talk to somebody like you could do that. I'm not saying I do that. I don't necessarily do that. Maybe sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Depends on how bold I'm feeling that day. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we have to remind ourselves sometimes you don't have to be the person who's approached all the time. Like you can put in some of the work and do it yourself. Yeah. I think that's going to be the goal for this year (laughs) is to be bold. (laughs) Be bold. Make things happen for yourself. So we're approaching an hour and I end every episode with like this or that questions okay so if you're ready let's do it okay early bird or night owl night owl work hard or play hard both dine out or delivery dine out laundry or dishes which would i rather do Mm -hmm. laundry tiktok or instagram instagram money or fame oh that's such an interesting one Fame, because the influence, I feel, can make a bigger difference than throwing money at a situation in some ways. Mm. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Favorite season? Summer. Coffee date or drinks date? Drinks date. What is your drink of choice? Good question. I drink a lot. Um... (laughs) let's see a drink of choice i love a vodka martini what would you rate yourself out of 10 oh god i hate that question (laughs) like a four (laughs) what is the scale on that you're having me measure myself (laughs) holistically holistically what am i grading here um i know i'm better than average um seven if you had a boat, what would you name it? Oh, my God. And I've listened to your podcast and I've heard this question. I'm so mad at myself that I didn't have an answer prepared for this. <laughs> um, if I had a boat, what would I name it? Shipwrecked? That's terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, This podcast is a fail for my love life. All right. Well, this is fair. <laughs> well thank you for coming on. I truly enjoyed this conversation. I hope it wasn't too painful for you. Uh, thank God it's, it's anonymous. Like, it's completely anonymous, but I think I need to have your mom on. She sounds like truly <laughs> one of the most entertaining people I think I will probably ever have the pleasure of having a conversation with. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic. Thank you so much to our guest for talking with me today. If you're interested in matching with them, visit the link in bio on Instagram at drinks.first. Or if you don't have an Instagram, email us drinksfirstpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials for the latest updates, guest information, events, and other fun content. If you like this episode, please remember to rate, share, review on your podcast app. That helps us grow the most. I'm your host, Ariana Nathani. You can find me on Instagram at ariana.nathani and on TikTok at ariana.nathani. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for a new episode.